This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I am your usually absent these days host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the absolute headliner of the preview show, Dave Roberts. Statman Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks Natalie, good to have you back. I didn't realise you'd gone part-time. <laughs> Part time absent, I think. Um, I know, listeners. It's been um, it's been a challenging couple of weeks at None and Ever Towers. I'm afraid. I just think the um, the backlog of Christmas fixtures doesn't just affect the players on the pitch. The whole None and Ever team has just been completely um, drawn away with work and social events and everything else that needed to be done. So we've really struggled to get a podcast out, but. Quite frankly, given the week that we've just had, Dave, I'm not entirely sure that was that was a bad thing. I'm not sure that that many people would have tuned in to listen to the horror show that's been a week. Uh, it's been a tough week for the Clarets, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, three defeats in uh, in eight days after two really good wins, and it's um, <laughs> from one extreme to the other, doesn't it? We have uh, a couple yeah. of wins, and we think we're uh, we're right up there, and then it's uh, back down again. So it, it's the nature of the Premier League to some extent. We know what it's like, and. Uh, uh, a win or two now before Christmas, and uh, I think there'll be a few more rosy faces. But we've obviously got to knuckle down and try and get a result yeah, on Saturday, do. first of all. Yeah, I think it's really important. To be honest, I, I don't think any of us were expecting anything from City at home and Spurs away. But I think just the fact that we lost a game that we were we were maybe expecting to win at home to Palace that first weekend, um, at the start of those three games. If we'd have won that, like we think we would have done, it wouldn't have been, <clears throat> excuse me, anywhere near as doom and gloomy as it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those the fixtures can be quite cruel in the Premier League, like you say, but I'm just... One eye looking over my shoulder. It's bunching up a bit at the bottom of that league. Um, 
but uh, let's let's hopefully we can get back to winning ways this weekend. So, of course, that is why we are here, listeners. We are previewing Newcastle United at home Saturday the 14th of December at 3pm. Now, before we get on to the actual game itself, we have a small matter of a quiz question that we need to deal with. And um, Matt, who very kindly stepped in for us last week, and Dave asked the listeners a question being... Who was Burnley's manager for our last away win at Spurs, which was a 4-1 win in the League Cup quarterfinal in January 1983? Take it away, Dave. Yeah, the correct answer was Frank Casper, who also celebrated his 75th birthday on Monday this week. So happy birthday to Frank. Happy birthday. Now, did we get any correct answers this week at all? Uh, we we did, and there was a little bit of a story behind it as well. I think uh, our respondents knew this as well. Um, Brian Miller had been Burnley's manager that season, and he was unexpectedly relieved of his duties um, on the eve of the game, effectively, leaving Frank Casper in charge for the trip to Spurs. Um, Frank Casper stayed in charge for the rest of the season until John Bond took over in the summer. But our correct answers were uh, John Robertson. He replied on Twitter with the correct answer. He knew uh, the situation with uh, Frank Casper and Brian Miller. We also had a, a DM with the correct answer and quite a bit of detail from Rob Thomas. And also uh, Bryn Jones had been in touch as well with us and uh, he, he knew the story. He got the correct answer as well. Yeah, see, all of our listeners are very clever. I think you were thinking you were going to, um, what's the word? Uh, Catch them out. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, you, they were too tricky for you, Dave. They got that one. And not only did they know the answer, they knew the background as well. So, um, yes, that's exciting. I would not have known that, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm not the line. Not that I was around this week, but I don't think I would have uh, I would have realised that. Um, so we will, at the end of this week, set this week's quiz question, which hopefully I will know and hopefully more of our listeners will be able to get. Opposition Stats. So let's move on to preview this weekend's game then. And I'm going to hand over to my good friend, Dave Roberts. Dave, who are our opposition? Tell us all about them. OK, yeah, Newcastle United's roots go back to 1881 uh, to a team from the biker area of the city known as Stanley. Uh, in 1882, the team changed its name to Newcastle East End and merged with another team, Rosewood FC. Meanwhile, there was another team known as Newcastle West End, which started up in 1882 as well. West End moved to St James's Park in 1886 and a rivalry developed between East End and West End. But in May of 1892, West End were wound up and East End taking on West End's assets, some of their players and also the lease of their St James's Park ground. In December 1892, the name of Newcastle United was finally adopted and the club was admitted to the Football League for the 1893-94 season. We'll go into more detail about St James's Park when we do the preview for our away match in the North East. Uh, that's currently scheduled to be our first game to be played on Leap Day, that's 29th of February, since 1992. Unless, of course, it's moved for TV coverage. Excellent. So what about any nicknames, Dave? Yeah, Newcastle United are known as the Magpies. That's due to their iconic black and white striped shirts. And they've worn those since 1884, although they did uh, initially wear red prior to that. Uh, the Toon or Toon Army is also in fairly common use. And if anything, if anyone uh, is unsure why, uh, then I can confirm it's the way that the word town is pronounced in the local area. Really? Is that a fact? So they yeah. say Toon. So when we, say, when we say Burnley Town, they say Burnley Toon. Wow. Just the word for town is Toon, toon. with the accent, toon. Yes, which I can't do. 
I no, I can't do a Geordie accent either. I can't do any accent other than Burnley, to be honest. I think I'm that ingrained in a East Lancashire accent. I can't do anything else. Um, you learned something new there, <laughs> true. Um, all-time goal scorer, please, Dave. Okay, two uh, Newcastle United players have scored 200 or more goals for the club. The first to pass the milestone was Jackie Milburn, who scored exactly 200 goals in 397 appearances in the 1940s and 1950s. But that record was surpassed slightly more recently by Alan Shearer. He scored 206 goals in 404 appearances between 1996 and 2006. And we can be reasonably grateful that he was doing that for Newcastle rather than doing it for uh, a certain other team down mm, the end. Quite, indeed. Um, heavy, heaviest Burnley defeat, please. Uh, Newcastle United had four different 3-0 wins at Turf Moor. Uh, three of those were prior to the Second World War and the most recent was in September 1948. On that occasion, the visitors scored twice through Andy Donaldson and Jackie Milburn, who we've just mentioned, scored the third. Brilliant. Um, biggest Burnley win? Uh, Burnley's biggest home win over Newcastle was a 5-1 scoreline in March 1928. Uh, but as well as this victory by four goals, there have been another three by a margin of three goals. The most recent of those was a 4-1 win in November 1974, and that included Burnley's only hat-trick against Newcastle at Turf Moor, which was scored by Peter Noble. Brilliant. Um, what about Burnley's last win, then? Uh, well, Jeff Hendrick gave Sean Dyche an extra special present with a second-half goal to seal a 1-0 win for the Clarets in October 2017. The match was played exactly five years to the day since Sean Dyche took charge at Turf Moor, although rumours were circulating about the managerial vacancy at Everton at the time, if you remember. I do. Something's um, never changed. Something's never changed, yeah. Um, last season's meeting, then? Uh, last season's match at Turf Moor, that took place in November, and it was a disappointing defeat for Burnley. If you remember, we were on the uh, poor run at the start of the season. Uh, the visitors took the lead early on through an unfortunate Ben Mion goal. That was followed by a second from a header by Kieran Clark. Although Burnley did get a goal back just before half-time, we weren't able to find an equaliser in the second half and it f- finished 2-1 to the visitors. Oh. Uh, manager, who was at the helm? Uh, when Rafa Benitez chose to step down as Newcastle United's manager in the summer after his contract had expired, the club turned to 58-year-old Steve Bruce, who was born in Corbridge in Northumberland in 1960. Newcastle United are the fifth Premier League team he's taken charge of, in a managerial career spanning over 20 years, most notably two seasons at North East Neighbours Sunderland. A slightly lesser known fact is that Steve Bruce was once at Turf Moor as a schoolboy, but he was released by Burnley at the age of 15. Wow, that is... I don't think I knew that. That's hilarious. We, we have a habit of turning away these amazing players, don't we? <laughs> 15. Well, I think he was, he was there for quite a few years. I think he, from what I've seen, I think he was maybe three or four years at Burnley as a schoolboy, you know, through the, the system they had. And then um, we released him at the age of 15. Obviously, he went on to bigger and better things. He was, uh, um, well, probably unlucky not to play for England. He obviously had a very good career at yeah. uh, Manchester United, didn't he? Definitely. Um, so what about some head-to-head stats then, please? Well, our... All-time home record against Newcastle United in all competitions stands at played 51, won 28, drawn 8 and lost 15. Uh, The win percentage of almost 55% is marginally better than the average of 50% in all games against all 19 of the other clubs in the Premier League this season. We've been doing this comparison week on week, so we are uh, slightly better against Newcastle than the average. 
And for top flight home games only, we've played 40, won 21, drawn 7 and lost 12. Hmm. Quite good stats there, actually. I don't think they're too bad, are they? So what is it? So, so you're just explain this marginally at this average. I don't understand how you're working out these marginal averages. Can you explain that? I'm sure there are well, listeners out there who don't get it as well. Yeah, well, the, basically, I've, I've looked at all the other 19 teams in the Premier League, other than Burnley, the teams we're playing against. I've looked at all the results in all competitions, cup competitions, top flight games, lower league games when we played them as well, and looked at the average win percentage across all those games for all those 19 opponents. And it's 50%, basically. Burnley, against those teams, will win one of every two games we play, historically. And against Newcastle, it's slightly better. Rather than being 50%, it's 55%. So it's a little bit better than average. There are other teams further down the list that are worse than average, some that are quite a lot better. Newcastle are, against Newcastle, we're just a little bit better than average. Ah, that makes sense. It does make sense. Thank you. Um, what about the players then? Do we have anybody who's played for both teams? Uh, yeah, quite a few players have played for Burnley and Newcastle since the Second World War. Uh, they include uh, Joey Barton, Stephen Caldwell, Tommy Cassidy. Andrew Cole, David Edgar, Paul Gascoigne, Peter Haddock, Peter Noble, Jeff Nulty, Paul Robinson and Chris Waddle, who, of course, was Burnley manager as well. <laughs> we didn't like him. Um, and then finally, Dave, who will be taking charge of the game on Saturday? Who is our man in the middle? Uh, we've got a relative newcomer. Tim Robinson will have the whistle on Saturday. Um, he hasn't taken charge of any of our previous Premier League games. And the reason for that is that Saturday will be his first Premier League game in full charge against between any game, any, any sides really. Um, although he has been on VAR duties already this season. Um, he has refereed a previous Burnley game. He was the referee uh, when Burnley took on Neil Warnock's Rotherham United um, and beat them 2-0 at Turf Moor in 2016. He awarded a penalty in the first half, which Sam Vokes scored, and then Scott Arfield scored our other goal towards the end of the match. So it's a a rarity. We've got a a referee who's given Burnley a penalty. Did, and he's not going to be tainted by any bias either. Ah, Sam Vokes. I do like it when Sam's name gets mentioned. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I'm pretty sure that that's not where we're going to leave that, Dave, because I know you and I know that fountain of knowledge. Why don't you delve deep into the bank of Statman, Dave, and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yeah, we've got an excellent, uh, interesting, hopefully, fact of the week this week. Um, one that's quite difficult to uh, to believe. <laughs> Wait until you hear it. Uh, Newcastle United's first ever visit to Turf Moor was for a second division match in October 1897. Back then, it was an occasional tradition for a celebrity to be allowed to take the kickoff at the start of the match. And a local entertainer and comedian called Witty Watty Walton had been chosen to set the ball rolling from the centre spot. However, after passing the ball directly to a Burnley player, 40 seconds later, the ball was in the back of the Newcastle United net, finished off by Burnley's Walter Place Jr. The Football League took the decision to ban celebrity kickoffs shortly afterwards. Witty Watty Walton. Are you winding me up, Dave? Is this no, a factual it's, fact? It's a well-known uh, celebrity in the for, for many years, I think, a, a local comedian and entertainer called Witty Watty Walton. Um, music hall and I think that obviously lots of appearances at the Burnley Empire when that was still uh, uh, up and running. I think they've, they've got a campaign to try and reopen that, haven't they? Try and get that redeveloped. But uh, yeah, it's all there in the, uh, in the Burnley Express and, and press from the time. 
about this incident that um, it, it wasn't a, a common thing, but it did happen from time to time. You can't imagine it now for a, a league game to allow someone to uh, kick yeah. off. I mean, it happens in, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, celebrity matches and uh, testimonials and that kind of thing, but not for a, a league match. Uh, not surprisingly, it was uh, kicked into touch and uh, didn't happen. Yeah, again funny that. that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is a good. That is a good fact of the week. It really is. I like that one, Dave. Um, so, generally speaking, how are you feeling about the game at the weekend? I mean, obviously, we touched on this at the the foot of the show. It's been um, a disappointing seven days for our boys, but I, I, I don't know how I'm feeling about Saturday. Believe me, I, I saw all three games and I made the depressing trip down to White Hart Lane, well, the new Spurs Stadium, which I have to say is pretty impressive. I have to say it's beautiful, beautiful. Thing. It should be for a billion quid. It is, but, and I'm sorry to be Debbie Downer on this one, the logistics... And the infrastructure for the travel is incredible. You got straight to the ground. The trains from Central London are so easy. Um, you get to the ground within five minutes. It's brilliant. And then you just met with this imposing, incredible stadium. Um, that's just, and then you literally it takes your breath away. It's beautiful. But the logistics of getting into the ground are absolutely awful. I know that. I think there was. Um, I think everybody from from the team. Um, was da- uh, from none and ever was down at the, the game at the weekend and we were all texting as we were trying to get into the ground because we were trying to, to find each other and everyone was having the same problem everyone was just like this is ridiculous just been having to being pulled all around the stadium to get around the other side it was difficult to get a drink and it was just it, it it didn't impress me on the inside I have to say for a stadium of that magnitude but it was very beautiful I do recommend um, people do take a trip down there if they can. Um, but for the so, I guess I saw that debacle in in full um, at the weekend, Dave, and it's it has left me a little bit deflated. I've got to say. Um, so I don't really know how how we're going to do it the weekend. We have to try and get it back on track, don't we? And it's a you know a perfect opportunity, a home game. Um, pressure. I, I don't know. It's hard to say what the pressure's like within the squad. I think there's certainly. Um, pressure from the fans i think there's there's nervousness isn't there now after uh, three defeats but we we have been able to get our game together and play some uh, good matches get some good results so far this season so it's been a bit jekyll and hyde um, uh, to date we've had sort of really good runs then a, a bad run three defeats then a couple of good wins then another three defeats so it's it's been all changed burnley just need to get back on track and newcastle have done reasonably well haven't they they've had a, a reasonable run the last couple of games so it's not going to be an easy um, an easy match at all. I think we just need to get on our A game, hopefully get our noses in front and uh, and take it from there. Yeah, see. I think it is easy to say that. And of course, that, that is what we need to do. I'm just not entirely sure where we're going to get our mojo back with so many players out injured. I mean, a central midfield day without Ashley Westwood and it just looks really, really toothless. And it, we're just getting completely overrun in midfield. And that, to me, is the biggest problem. Yeah, we've missed Ashley Westwood, haven't we? I think we, we 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 saw how we did the second half of last season and the first part of this season before he was um, obviously suspended and then injured. Um, and I think we perhaps, well, some people perhaps underestimated what role he did have in the team. I think he's sort of a, um, a dynamo in there, keeping things together. And we really have missed him in the last three games. So um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? We need to make sure that the other players coming in can uh, can step up. And we need to, you know, put a performance together that we know we're capable of. Um, and we we haven't really done that in the last three games. I think we weren't as bad against um, Crystal Palace. They came to frustrators. They had two shots on goal and two uh, two shots on goal and two goals. And um, so they were very clinical in in what they did. 
Um, Manchester City were Manchester City, and we we never really got going in that game. And obviously, uh, down at Tottenham, you know, being um, behind two goals behind so early on, it was always going to be an uphill battle. So. I think the key is going to be to start well yeah, on uh, Saturday. That's going to be the uh, the key. And uh, crowd stay with the uh, the side, get behind the team from uh, from the get go yeah, as well. Well, fingers crossed. Let's see if we can get there. Uh, it would be very nice, like you say, to get our season back on track. Fantasy Premier League update. So moving on, let's have a look at the much loved, much credi- credited. No. Coveted, that's the one, guys. The much-loved, the much-coveted and the very competitive known and ever Fantasy Premier League. Um, hit us up, Dave. What's been happening in the league in my absence? Am I suddenly top? Um, surprisingly, no. Oh. No. Uh, yeah. When Matt and I recorded the preview show for the match at Spurs, we were still in the middle of game week 15. So this week's update incorporates points from two full sets of matches. We were kind of halfway through. Uh, when we did the uh, the last preview show. And um, it does mean there have been one or two moves from some of the familiar names towards the top of the no-name Never Fancy League. Uh, leading the way with 966 points now is John Sutcliffe. He's gone back to the top. Uh, Bennett Howarth is in uh, second place, just three points behind. And Tall Paul, you might find out who Tall Paul's real name is one day. It's not, not his real name. He's got a, a moniker in there. Um, another three points behind that in third place. Um, and I think we can safely say we'll see several managers break through the thousand pound, uh, thousand, thousand pounds. Hey, whoa, whoa, weekend. whoa! I didn't know this was for money. <laughs> I would have paid much more attention if I'd have known there was monetary value in this. <laughs> Which brings us to the race for the wooden spoon. Oh, la uh, la, Nat- la 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 la! <laughs> Go on. Uh, your team, Natalie, seems to be entrenched in the bottom three, uh, with an overall points total of six hundred and thirty-three. And although my team did slip a few places back down to 135th, it's still 100 points clear of the bottom three on 741 points. If I finish above you, Natalie, I'll be happy. Yeah, um, and once again, Richard Steele leads the way amongst uh, our uh, this season's podcast contributors. He's up in fifth place, doing really well on 946 yeah, points. Yeah, Richard Steele, 944 points. Nobody likes to show off. Um, so I'm in the bottom three. <laughs> Am I bottom? Uh, no, you're second from bottom. Ah, I'm not last. We're not going to name any other names down there to uh, embarrass them. But... Fine, whatever. Whatever. Um, all you people. I don't understand fantasy football. I'm not playing next season. Um, what about in terms you're of the dream this team? Then? Uh, <laughs> <gasps> Dave Roberts. Ouch, that stung. Moving swiftly on, what about the players, Dave? Who was in the dream team? <laughs> well, uh, no Burnley player did anything to get near the dream teams for either of the last two game weeks. And let's hope Shock. we can see a turnaround <laughs> for any managers who selected any Burnley players in the team. Um, it's a close-run thing for the overall top-scoring Burnley player now. Uh, James Tarkovsky and Dwight McNeil are both on 57 points. Nick Pope's on 56. Ashley Barnes on 54. And Chris Wood's on 53. So there's a real... Uh, contest going on there with the Burnley players for who's the top scoring player. Uh, but Leicester City's Jamie Vardy, who doesn't seem to be able to stop scoring at the moment, he's still the highest scoring player overall with 128, and that's more than 19 more than any other player. God, what a season he's well, What a season Leicester are having, to be fair. It's. Uh... They're very annoying. I wish they'd. Wish they'd. It's just a shame really that Liverpool are about a squillion points ahead because I would quite like Leicester to be in contention for the Premier League again. That would be nice. Um, 
Okay, well, we'll be crunching the numbers again after this weekend's matches to bring you yet another Fantasy Premier League update in next week's preview show. Um, And I will have moved up about 162 places and I'll be in the lead. But finally, before we wrap up this week's show, Dave, we have a quiz question. Um, Why don't you tell our players uh, our listeners sorry what this week's question is okay before this weekend Burnley had drawn one won one and lost one of Sean Dyche's three matches in charge of Burnley against Newcastle at Turf Moor and the Claret scored one goal in each of these games we've already told you that Jeff Hendrick scored a late goal in the 1-0 win and we did mention one of the other games but I didn't give the scorer's name because I knew I was having this quiz question now so this week's question is which two Burnley players scored our goals in the home games against Newcastle in 2014 and 2018? Hmm. Easy? No, <laughs> it is not. I shall give that some thought. I certainly wouldn't be able to get... So if we, if we were in a like a live TV quiz, I certainly wouldn't be able to, to name that. But uh, how, how, do our, how do our listeners then give us the answer, Dale? Let's see who does know this. Yeah, if please get in touch if you do know the answer. You can tweet or message us on Twitter at No Nay Never or post on the No Nay Never Facebook page or email podcast at net, and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of our next preview show, which will be uh, probably our last one before Christmas, won't it? It will be, yes, next weekend mm. for sure. And we'll we'll see what we can preview before the weekend's festive fixtures. Um, also, don't forget, guys, that there is um, collection points around Turf Moor for the BFC um, in the Community Kitchen Food Bank with, with members of various Burnley football supporters groups helping the initiative. If you can spare a tinned item, a long life milk or juice, tea bags, instant coffee, toiletries, anything like that at all, then please take them along to the designated collection points around the ground before kickoff. The festive period is one of in, immense stress and pressure for families, especially those who at the moment are struggling to make ends meet. And if you can afford to spare anything, I'm sure it would just be so gratefully received. So if you can, you know where they will be, take them along um, the weekend and let's see if we can make a difference to the the Burnley family. Now that's everything that we have time for this week. This has been, as ever, our lovely preview show, which I do very much enjoy recording, but I could not do it without the absolute genius and the hard work and effort that Statman Dave puts into the show. Dave, thank you so much. It's a pleasure as always and you just you just smash in this show. It's fun to do, Natalie. Oh, I enjoy it. Good, good, good. Um, thanks as ever to Matt, of course, for producer Matt, for knitting all of this together um, and, and getting it out tomorrow for your listeners. Um, but thanks as always to you for downloading and listening this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, we will be back, hopefully, finally, with a new show on Tuesday with the um, analysis from the Newcastle game at home and hopefully talking about a much more positive result than we have been doing. And then Dave and I, as we say, we'll be back next week weekend for the preview show to start looking at the festive fixtures um this has been the preview show brought to you by the non and ever podcast until next time the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.